Well, Derek, it's good to be back, man. It is. Uh, back with the, the regular episodes. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you uh, told everybody that you're thankful for, for them and you didn't eat too much turkey and hopefully you stayed at home, stayed your ass at home and you didn't go socialize with 80 million people and spread this stupid virus. You tell um, them. Yeah. And wash your hands. Uh, apparently next week, Derek, is National Wash Your Hands Week. That's <laughs> like, a, I heard it on NPR this morning. It's no like a way. real thing, apparently. That's what they said. Who knows? I didn't actually Google it. I just heard it on the radio. But so wash your hands, 20 seconds. Derek, we have a pretty good, uh, a pretty good episode today. I'm, I'm excited about this one. Um, for anybody who has not heard of a man named Simon Sinek, um, he's, uh, I don't really know exactly, he's an author, obviously, but um, I don't really know exactly what else he does. He does uh, speaking engagements and he talks to people and stuff. But he sounds like he would be like a psychologist or psychiatrist. I don't know something. He's, he's very uh, very good at um, at uh, at speaking and and uh, he's a what I would call Derek an influencer. Hmm. I mean, not in the social media sense either. So Simon Sinek, he he's an interesting fellow. Um, if you haven't seen any of his TED talks and uh, or read any of his books, I would encourage you to uh, to go check it out. And he's got. Um, quite a few books he's got quite a few videos on youtube and we'll, we'll link to some in in the show notes but today what i want to talk about derek is is this idea of finding finding your why okay why do we why do we do what we do why do you do what you do derek do you know do i know i'm putting you on the spot <laughs> yeah i mean you know sometimes I, I you know i think about what i do and and when I'm at work, I have a different kind of why than maybe when I'm at home. But uh, when I'm at work, it's sort of like, you know, I want to just help people, uh, you know, uh, simplify the way they do things, you know, because yeah. work is the challenge anyway. Why is everything around it like the software have to be challenging? I think that's more yeah. or less why I do it. Yeah. So starting with your why. So so that's good. I love it. So, um, you know, with Simon Sinek, his his I think he's speaking more to like leaders, leaders of companies and things like that. Um, and so what he's really referring to more than anything else is your, your, your organization's why, right? Um, he uses an example of Apple versus all the other tech companies around. And it's funny that I think he recorded this one video that I'm referring to back in like 2009 or 2010. And this was quite a while ago when Dell and, and uh, Gateway Computers was still big and things like that. And he uses this example of how when, when Dell wants to sell you a computer, they say, we have the best computers and they're fastest computers and we have the biggest chips and the biggest memory, so buy our computer. Right. Um, some people do, but not a lot of people do. In the case of Gateway, it obviously ended up not working out very well. <laughs> but um, when you think about how Apple does it, uh, Apple doesn't really talk about their chips and how fast their processors are and 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 uh, and any of that stuff. You don't really see specs. They don't advertise specs. What they say is, you know, do you like a clean, minimalist lifestyle and and do you uh, like privacy and do you care about these things like we do? Well, if so, we have these computers that you might be interested in buying. Mm. And when when you start to look at it you say well well gee apple's selling a lifestyle you know they're selling an idea the the computers are secondary to that right and so because of that apple can sell you an mp3 player without asking why would a computer company sell me an mp3 player or sell you a phone uh, why would a computer company want to sell me a phone you know at&t should sell me the phone 
you know, Apple can come in and say, we have this new TV uh, system, you know, when you don't think about the fact that they're a computer company, right? Yeah. Um, whereas if Dell tried to come in and sell you a phone, you'd be like, why would I buy a phone from Dell? You know, why would I buy an MP3 player from Dell? And so that's kind of what Simon Sinek is getting at. But what I'm interested in thinking about is how do you tie your personal why in with this larger organizational why? And it's interesting because as you start to do that, you may start to realize like, I don't belong here. What am I doing? Or you might say, oh, this is perfect. I belong in this organization because our, our why is fit. Um, and so this came about, full disclosure, from something that we're, we're doing at work right now. And, and I'm actually really excited about it because uh, the organization, the leaders in our organization are thinking about this. And it's not about, you know, they could easily be saying times are tough. COVID is killing our business. You know, we got to cut costs. So just everybody's working overtime and everything else, right? But instead of what they're, what they're thinking is, um, why are we doing what we're doing? The times right now suck. Why are we still here? Why haven't we quit? Why haven't we gone and found another job in another uh, industry that's not losing money? Yeah. You know, and um, I think it's brilliant, honestly. I, I think it's it's not, I don't think it's manipulative in any way. I think it's, it's um, you know, our organization and our leadership team understanding that we're here for a reason, you know, and we've stuck around for a reason. We're not getting bonuses. We're not getting raises, you know. There's no opportunity for promotion um, for the next year or two, but we haven't quit yet. Why? You know, so that's interesting. Why haven't we quit? So I asked you what your personal why was. Um, and for me, you know, I don't have an exact answer, but for me, it's kind of cheesy, but it kind of relates back to when I was a kid. You know what? When I was a kid, my dad worked for GM, which is like a big giant corporation, you know, it was even bigger probably 20 years ago when I was a kid. And uh, my dad worked long hours and, um, you know, when he would get off of work, some days he would just be in a miserable, awful mood. And it was because of work, you know, it wasn't because of anything else. Um, and so those days he didn't want to be bothered, you know, he didn't want anybody to bother him. He just wanted to be left alone. And so I think about that as, um, as an enterprise designer, um, how can I make people's lives less miserable? <laughs> Yeah. You know, because we're working and work in general is not great and, and nobody wants to work, but we have to work because we need to make money and stuff. But if, if I can help somebody's day go by a little bit smoother without the annoyances, that's why I do what I do as an enterprise designer. And so, you know, it's, um, it isn't about necessarily being a designer specifically, you know, I could do that same thing in a different role. I could do that same thing as a product owner. I could do that same thing as uh you know an engineer um i could do that same thing as a director of some kind um and so what that allows you to do when you find your why is it doesn't necessarily say keep you in that like hole of like i'm a designer i can only design right and it allows you to kind of build uh, a coalition i guess if you will of other people who are like-minded who might be interested in that same purpose I have an interesting quote that I think sums this up pretty nicely. Um, this was a, a quote by a guy named Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, uh, uh, who was an, the author of a book called Little Prince. 
And the quote, I'm summarizing the quote. It's not exactly the same uh, as he said it. But uh, if you want people to help you build a boat, you don't just go and find a bunch of men. You don't go and chop down a bunch of trees. And you don't just go and bark with a bunch of orders. If you want people to help you build a boat, you make them long for the sea. And if you make them long for the sea, they will want to build a boat. And they will find the best way to build the boat. Um, I think about, though, how this relates to software. When we're building software, we're, we tend to be in control of, like, one thing, right? And and this is sort of, like, from my perspective as a UX designer, um, I'm sure people have different perspectives as product owner or uh, as, as a software engineer or scrum master or something. But generally speaking in organizations, a uh, UX designer doesn't, tend to be the leader, quote-unquote leader, the, the identified leader. Um, and so we have a lot of ideas. We want things to be pixel perfect. We want it to be good for the user. We want it to be, um, you know, uh, usable, accessible, those kinds of things. And then those are our priorities. The software engineer has a priority. They want it to be performant. They want it to, you know, the code to be clean and readable and, and things like that. The product owners may have different priorities of wanting things to ship on time and on budget um, and things like that. And so everybody's got these competing priorities. And, and the thing that I, I, I kind of come back to this and think how beautiful this is, is if everybody aligns to that same why, maybe they're, each individual whys are slightly different, but if they can align that to the application's why, why does this application exist? It exists to serve you know, users in a certain way. You end up thinking outside of your silo you know, and, and thinking outside of, it's got to be pixel perfect. You know, it's got to be this, it's got to be that, or, you know, um, developers, it's got to be whatever, whatever you developers are concerned about. <laughs> and you start to just think outside your silos and work together. And as a, a UX designer, what I think is, is interesting here is you can start to influence the other parts of your teams if you can inspire them. And this isn't just said for UX, this could be for anybody on the team. Um, you inspire them uh, to want to do the right thing, you won't have to fight them to do the right thing. And you won't have to argue with them to do the right thing. You know, and you don't have to have a bunch of meetings over and over to have talk about the same thing. Um, they'll just do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of this, this idea, how, how this ties back to software. So anyway, I've been talking for quite a bit. I don't know. What do you think? About no, that's that? good, man. You had some really good points in there and you outlined everything. Uh, I think it'll make a lot of sense for our listeners. Um, the, the thing that it, I was just, I was just listening, trying to trying to think about uh, different concepts, different ways to look at the why, maybe, um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So, yeah. when you're working with someone, uh, when it was interesting, when I defined what my why was, when you asked me and I told you what it was, it seemed kind of similar to what yours was. I want to help people yeah. not be frustrated. Like I had this vision in my head of my grandpa. When you're talking about your your dad. Mm -hmm. I was having a vision of my grandpa coming down, slamming down his stuff, being all tired yeah. and because yep, exactly. the machines didn't work right or somebody did something dumb and um, how to make that process simpler. And then I started to think about unify your why with the people that you need to work with every day. Unify your why. Figure out a way to unify it. And then I started thinking about, okay, if that is a goal to unify the why with the people you work with. It sometimes can't happen, well, I'll put it this way. It can't happen instantly. And I think I, I, I have an, I have an in, 
intuition as to maybe why. And this is what I want your thought on. So when, when you feel strongly about something, a lot of times it's because you've sat, you've thought about it, you have invested interest in it. You've even failed at it a few times. And you have some reasons why it works or doesn't work. You're invested in that. Your why can be strengthened by your experience. When someone has just started in a job, uh, yeah. they may have the same why as you, but it may not be as strong and as, as, as tested. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if influence in its essence has something to do with people with the strongest why influencing other people yeah. who have a less strong why. Many thoughts were on sure. that. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it, right? I mean, and that's the thing I think to keep in mind here. It's, um, well, first of all, influencing is not about coercion, right? It's not about manipulating people. It's about sharing a shared inspiration, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will. And if you can, if your inf- influence can be, I hate to use the word viral right now, <laughs> but yeah. if, if, you're, if, you're, if your inspiration and your uh, passion, I guess passion is a good word, can be uh, shared and, 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 and kind of spreads, um, what you end up with, again, I, I kind of mentioned before about how it, it's not like you don't have to, if you can convince people to, on the why and you can share the why, you end up not uh, not having to fight with them about certain things. I mean, you know, maybe maybe some ideas on how to execute here and there, perhaps, but um, overall, you're aligned. Um, and it's 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 not like um, I, I kind of lose in train my train of thought a little bit because I, I guess I, I'm just getting so excited about this. Derek. I know I can tell. I can um, tell. I'm excited too. <laughs> you, uh, I'm excited. You're excited. But it's not coercion, is what I was getting at. I guess right? Is that where I left off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I knew um, where you were going. So it's not coercion. Yeah. Um, but you're, you know, you, it just, it ends up spreading. Um, and you can inspire people like regardless of what your title is, right? It's, it's, you can lead without being quote unquote the leader, you know, and you can lead and influence if people agree with the the reason, your purpose and stuff. Right. And I think like, I guess what I was getting at a second ago is this kind of leads a little bit to your level of emotional intelligence too, because if I believe very strongly as a UX designer that everything should be pixel perfect, right? And I just refuse to budge on that idea. Um, and because of that, we go over on budget. Um, we miss our deadlines and things like that because I made people go back and, and change something. Um, and, and in that sense, like what I was designing never even got shipped to the user to make their life better. Have I achieved anything? And have I, have I uh, actually succeeded in what my original intent was, which was to help people? So like in that case, you, it, it, I think it tends to lead more towards um, building a consensus and maybe you don't always get what you want and compromising, I guess is the word I'm looking for. A compromise where, well, okay, that thing's not pixel perfect, but at least the user's going to get this benefit. Yeah, this that feature. makes sense. So there's like this emotional intelligence thing that plays into it, which I think goes back to what you're talking about, the younger the younger people may not have, and, and honestly, I'll, I'll be frank, a lot of older people don't have high emotional intelligence. Uh, the, the amount of years and experience you have does not equate to the amount of emotional intelligence you have. But, um, you know, generally speaking, I think younger people may may have less, older people may have more. I don't know, maybe I'm generalizing too much. But um, I think those older people, to your point, can kind of influence the younger people in, in different ways, people who have been there a long time or have more experience or what. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. I think I think emotional intelligence can come from innate, like just who you are. I think it also comes from being hurt, succeeding, 
mm-hmm. going through uh, like uh, coming up with crazy ideas and realizing that other people like your crazy ideas and they're and they're behind you uh, at different points in your life. You're talking about your dad as a as a little kid. I think back to when I was first making music, you know, and my friends would like my songs or or when we play basketball and I'd win the game or I'd lose and it would hurt. Or when, you know, uh, I'd have arguments with my parents and how that would play out. How this all influences who you are and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and how you're able to deal with people who have, um, uh, people who have strong opinions, even if they're wise or similar to you, uh, you, c- you can sometimes be blinded by that kind of, um, yep. that kind of stuff and be unable in- to see that you are on the same page. You are thinking the same thing. So my, I guess my question to you to kind of sum it up would be, what are some things people can do to find their why and have it kind of, uh, some, some, something they can do to, to maybe align it to their corporate, uh, why as well? Yeah. You know, I just like, I think back to just ask yourself like, why? You know, the classic like UX thing is to ask somebody, you know, why, you know, I don't know, nine times or 10 times, whatever it is. Um, you know, well, we do it this way. Why? And you, well, because that, well, why do you do it that way? Well, why do you do it that way? Um, and then you should ultimately get to some like really core, core reason why you do what you do. You know, I do it because well, I like design. Why do you like design? Well, because I like to make things for people. Well, why do you like to make things for people? You know, well, I like to, you know, people like to see the smile on their face. Well, why do you like to see the smile on their face? So, you know, ultimately that should go back to, some, something that you can point to and, and, and get a purpose, you know? And, and also too, I mean, you know, the, the thing that I, I think is interesting about that, it's, it's, um, and maybe this is a good time to think about it too, because a lot of us have been laid off, right? You and I had to go through this, like, uh, you know, my wife had to go through this. So why are we doing the things that we're doing? And maybe that this like shock right now of COVID and all the, um, you know, economic uh, suffering that's going on gives us the opportunity to like reset. Like, why would I even want to, like, if you got, you know, as an example, I don't know, just making this up. You're a lawyer, right? And you get laid off. Do you want to find another job as a lawyer? Or do you want to f- do something else? You know, maybe you really enjoy law. Maybe you're, you, maybe you're doing some type of law. You prefer to do a different type of law where you're, you know, you feel like you're getting, you know, you're adding value to somebody's life or something. Um, or maybe you're just in it for the money, which is, you know, even not a bad thing. I mean, that's if that's why you're doing it, you just love money, then that's fine too. I can't knock you for that. Um, but right now might even be a good time to think about that. You know, is, is, uh, is, is this a good opportunity to start over, start fresh, you know? Um, what's funny is, uh, you know, we were talking at work about this and we we're like, well, what if people like realize they really don't want to be here and they quit? I was like, so what? Isn't that what we want? Like, don't we want people to leave if they're not happy? This is sort of talk, but I think uh, the 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 CEO of Zappos um, had this thing where um, he would give you a thousand dollars to quit. Like, if you wanted to quit, they'd give you a thousand bucks. And if quitting was worth a thousand dollars to you, you know, did they really want you there? You know, would you, are you adding value to that team if you were just miserable all the time and you hated it? You know, could you take that thousand dollars and go start up your own company and, and do something that you really love? And ultimately would that add more value to humanity? Right. I think that was, uh, that was kind of their idea, but, um, you know, really like if we don't want people here, you know, you don't want to do it, don't do it. I don't know. You know, I say that like assuming everybody has enough money to just quit their job, which is certainly not true. I know, right. like, I, you know, there's no way I could quit my job. I got two kids. I got kids to feed. I can't just quit, obviously. But, uh, you know, for other people, maybe in a different situation. So, I don't know. 
you always got to find your why. And then also too, like for me, you know, why, why I do what I do is, is partly just to support my kids as well. That's in there as well. You know, I couldn't just go and work for some startup and make no money. <laughs> so there's always that. Yeah. You always got to think about that. You know, for me, it's like, uh, this conversation has been helpful for me because, you know, I can use my why to find joy even in the, my days, my part of my days that kind of are challenging, you know, I was like, well, I'm here to help people do their jobs easier. Like if it's developers, that's cool. If it's, yeah. if it's people that do work, if it's Jeremy, like my buddy, that's cool. Yeah. You know, if it, and, and it can expand out to like, is it my kids today that I'm helping make their lives easier? And so it's just, it's like a hopeful thing in a time where everything's yeah. kind of tough. It's nice to have a hopeful thought uh, to get you through it, you know. So I, I really yeah. appreciate this conversation. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like our whys were similar. We hadn't actually talked about this before. And it's not surprising to me that our whys are similar. I mean, we're doing this thing together. We worked, you know, together. We, we did work together because we don't anymore. But uh, it, it's not surprising to me that they ended up being somewhat aligned, you know. Um, yeah. Without getting too sentimental, Derek, uh, you know, you, you may be my uh, my podcast life partner. And uh, we just didn't know it, and maybe we just, we didn't just figured know that it. out today. So you're my uh, my my podcast soulmate, Derek. There you go, bro. <laughs> my work soulmate. There you go, bro. Uh, if you guys are out there listening, Derek is my uh, Derek is my soulmate, my life, my work soulmate, and I am not ashamed to admit it. Our wives don't listen to this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what, Amy? Amy, I think Amy secretly does. She she pretends like she doesn't. No way. She's playing hard to get. I think she does. I think Amy listens. Oh, okay. But she just doesn't want to let me know. She doesn't want me to get a big head. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But it's funny because that would only be like one additional uh, person out of like the 30 that listen. Um, which percentage wise, I guess uh, that's a big bump in percentage. <laughs> right, yeah, right. We do appreciate everybody that listens though. We saw that they're, they're, we actually can t- track and see who listens and not specifically, but uh, how many. And, and uh, we appreciate everybody that listens. So thank you so yeah. much. For your support, and uh, we'll continue yeah, doing sure. this and giving you this, uh, this hot button content that we do. Yeah, you're right. Hot takes. Yeah, you're right. So for the next, uh, I think uh, we had a, actually a listener, um, a Doug, asked us some questions, follow up questions from our last episode on the butterfly effect. Maybe we'll do a follow up episode or, or maybe a retro bite um, answering Doug's questions. Um, that might be fun. Just kind of yeah, I'd like to do that more. I think we we might uh, be able to to go in depth of that. Um, so yeah, this was kind of a weird episode. I don't know. This was a little bit different for us. It, it was more philosophical than anything else, but I still think it relates to software because again, you know, I think like our, we've, you've got sort of these three, you know, the software to the design, the product. And, uh, I feel like a lot of times there's conflict where there really shouldn't be. And, and, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, again, just like everything, Derek, this why stuff, man, communication, yeah, you're you know, right. you got to communicate this stuff. It just, it all comes back, man. It all comes back to that. Um, but anyway, so that's that's pretty much everything I've got for today. For everybody listening out there, if you go on uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, you leave a five-star review. We'll be your best friends. Derek will write you a song. We're serious about that. Derek, you're going to have a couple more in a, uh, next week, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have a couple more songs for you guys. going to have an exciting, uh, exciting time for you. Right on. All right, y'all. Well, check us out on RetroTimePodcast.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter. we got LinkedIn set up. So if you're on LinkedIn and you're not on Facebook, uh, check us out there. And just keep in touch, man. Let us know if there's some stuff you want to hear us, you know, ramble on about for 30 minutes. We're, we're happy to talk about it. So until next time, y'all. Take it easy. All right. Bye.
Our wives don't listen to this. It doesn't matter. 